0: We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom.
1: I just don't fathom it.
0: The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world and across
2: the uh, state of Alaska, here on your favorite radio station and or translator, around the interwebs at MichaelDukesShow.com, it is... Well, it is this little low-budget radio show we like to call the Michael Duke Show. Hi, how are you? And welcome to it, Tuesday. And uh, that means, of course, we've got our deep dive today. We're going to get into that here in just a second. Want to welcome you all to the program and hope that you are staying well, keeping your head above water, keeping your heads about you with all the all the runaround and everything else that's going on in the world. Some crazy stuff happening. And uh, we are happy that you are joining us here yet again on the Big Radio Broadcast, and we appreciate that. Um, So Tuesdays, that means that we will start off the show with headlines this morning. And then we are going to dive into it with uh, our friend Brad Keithley, uh, who, of course, is the founder and director of Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, He'll be joining us by Zoom here shortly, and we will be talking with him about, um, well, all the stuff that's fit to print. All the stuff that's fit to print, including we're going to talk about House Finances' proposed budget. Their new proposed budget, and of course their plan for the energy rebate. Hopefully you can hear the air quotes on that. Energy rebate, which is just another way, I think Kathy Tilton called it Reindeer Games. Um, I call it Pouchois, is what I call it. Uh, it's a bunch of smoke and mirrors for them to try and pay us a larger dividend without actually calling it a dividend, um, because that uh, that would be essentially, with the, the current PFD, which they're discussing right now, $1,250 is what they're talking about, and uh, $1,250 plus the $1,300 energy rebate would then equal the governor's proposed $2500 permanent fund dividend which would match the 50-50 plan which is still i mean which is still not, not anywhere near what the statutory dividend should be i mean I, i'm just going to say that right out right out of the gate right just 20 $4200 is what the dividend is what it's supposed to be I mean, that's that's the statutory amount, and our leaders, our elected leaders, and our politicians just can't find it in their heart of hearts to follow the law, hashtag follow the damn law, they can't find it in their hearts to follow the law and give Alaskans what they are owed per statute and the Constitution, and they instead are going to choose for us, I mean, it's just so, it's so generous of them to choose for us what those monies should go to that's what's happening you know because we just we you know we just ask for too much that's that's what's going on here we just ask for too much because don't you know that there are state programs out there that need funding
1: the greed and the entitlement is astounding to me I just don't fathom it.
2: Yeah, I know. I know you don't fathom it. I'm sorry that we are so ungracious about this. I'm sorry that we Alaskans would like to have our money in our hands to spend how we see fit. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just sorry that, that, that that's so hard for you to understand. I mean, come on. Come on. Yesterday, Alaska North Slope crew tripping up over $114 a barrel. Uh, Drudge reporting right now uh, that uh, if we decide to cut off Russian gas and oil, which is uh, that's the direction that everything seems to be he- heading, the, um, the saber rattling at the Kremlin included... Uh, threats of if that happens, there'll be $300 a barrel oil, which uh, I guess (laughs) would be good for the state of Alaska and bad for all of us. I mean, anybody filled up their gas tank here in the last few days? Oof. Oof, man. $5 and whatever it was, 20 cents a gallon that I paid for premium the other day. I mean that uh, that's a significant uh, that's a significant chunk and it's only going to go up from here this oil today hit a historic high or yesterday hit a historic high numbers we have not seen since um, I guess 2014 2013 2012 Alaska North Slo- uh, Slope crude yesterday peaked out, I saw it at 114 but apparently it peaked out at $120 a barrel. Remember, that's when we got that $1,200 energy rebate from Sarah Palin. In addition to a full statutory dividend. I mean, could you imagine every man, woman, and child in this state getting the statutory dividend and an energy rebate on top of it, you know, I'd be fine. Keep the energy rebate. Don't, Don't do that. Just pay us the statutory dividend. What kind of difference would that make in your family? What kind of difference would your finances see if you receive the money that was owed to you? What would it take? Family of four. Right? Family of four gets, what, $17,000? Family of six? Oof. All of a sudden, now you're talking about real money. Kids could buy a car so they could drive back and forth to their jobs. They could put some money away in the bank so that they've got stuff covered. They could pay first and last rent. I mean, am I asking for my kids to move out? Maybe. Maybe that would be good. I mean... Gas is already over five dollars a gallon here in uh, in uh, you know here in the South Central area down in Anchorage. I I bought gas on Friday and it was again five dollars and change for premium. Uh, Drudge had some uh, pictures yesterday up of a local gas station that had gas at six dollars and seventy cents a gallon. And here we've got the Muppet in Chief who's decided to cut off all oil exports from Alaska and stop all projects and basically kneecap our energy independence here in this country to appease a few tree-hugging warm and fuzzies down there that somehow we're going to rape and pillage the beautiful, pristine, Alaskan boreal tundra. You know, ice and snow-covered tundra, essentially. Which I'm sure everybody's rushing up to view immediately right now. And now here we sit with a with the with Alaska's you know on the end of a what two almost two year now shutdown of everything that's going on and other places scrambling to figure out how they're going to fill the gap. I mean, Russia provides 40% of the natural gas for Europe. 40%, let alone their oil and their crude exports. So if you do cut them off, where's that going to come from? Well, it could come from Alaska. But remember, they've been shutting us down for two years. It could take two years to get everything spun back up. Only for them to change their mind yet again. Do you think any private investor is really going to be like, oh, yeah, let's play on again, off again with these guys. Let's play chicken with these guys. They could decide to do it and then, you know. I mean, this is insane. But they're going to deign to give us a $1,300 energy rebate check. So they've already they've already talked about it. They've already fixed the price of the dividend as it's written right now. The budget would pay a dividend of roughly $1,250 and an energy relief check of $1,300, which just happens to coincide. With the amount of the 75-25 split that all the Democrats and all the business-as-usual scumbag Republicans have decided that that's what they were they wanted to set. Now remember, it wasn't but four years ago that Bert Stedman said that, uh, oh, that 50-50 plan, that's the way to go. That was just BS. And now, of course, now now he says it's just, no, no, it's got to be 75-25. Because we can't control how we how we spend. We just can't control how we spend. And so we couldn't possibly do that. We couldn't possibly live on the 50-50. You know, even though really it would be short-term because, as you can see, they're already talking about, even before this whole Russia-Ukraine thing blew up, even before that, they were talking about how in projections in about eight years, the government would have more money than Croesus. but it's okay. I mean, this is... This is how this is how it works. All those people in there who just I, you know, folks, they just know better than you. If you would just shut up and sit down, they could tell you how it would be, how the best way to live your lives would be. Just be happy. Just be happy. Just be happy with what you've gotten. It's all fine. Yeah. Well, here we sit, wondering where we go from here. Anyway, boy, did I get sidetracked this morning. So the first topic is going to be (laughs) the proposed house finance budget. The second topic of the weekly top three is going to be the role inflation is going to play in our budgetary future. And the third topic for the top three is going to be campaign finance reform or the lack thereof here in the state specifically the fact that it is going that there is no limit right now that there is no contribution limit to politicians and how do we feel about that and how does that affect us so brad keithley is going to take all three of those on then an hour two we'll pick it up with our positivity guru chris story and god knows we're 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 gonna need that based on how i'm feeling this morning already but uh that's that's where it is that so that's today's show and then we'll pick it up in the meanwhile or we'll do some stuff at the top of hour two and at the bottom of or the, the end of hour two we'll do some open line we'll do some we'll do some talk we'll 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 do some stuff we'll take your calls we'll see what you have to say but this is where we're at folks we just couldn't possibly know exactly how we should spend our money. We need those politicians to help us because we are not smart enough to roll and create and do our own thing with our own money. They have to, they have to control it. Okay. Well, I guess that... Uh, Maybe I should just go out and maybe I should just go out and camp in the wilderness until the world ends and then I'll come back and we'll make something new. I mean, at what point do you realize you can't unpickle a pickle, right? Maybe you just go get yourself a new cucumber. Maybe that's what we need to do around here. I I'm not sure. All right, we got Noor coming up Brad Keithley up next, the Michael Duke show. Common Sense Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio.
0: If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes on Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and Michael showcom
2: Okay. <clears throat> Hello. How are you? You guys ready to uh, you guys ready to, to do this? To rock and roll? Man, I, I mean I'm just at some point. I just a little chapped about this whole deal. All right. Let me, um, let me see if I can get Brad Keithley on the line here. Come on. There we
3: go. Uh,
2: okay. We're getting Brad Keithley all set up and, uh, looks like, uh, I'm connected. He's connected. We're all connected. Cuckoo. Choo. I am the walrus well i'm not the walrus but i'm something uh anyway it looks like brad keithley is now uh in the uh in the chat room with us hello my friend how uh how are you doing michael i'm doing great today um scumbag republicans sorry i got a little carried away there but <laughs> i that's kind of how i'm were, i'm kind of how a f- roll. I'm I'm that's how I'm feeling this morning brad i mean it's just like at some point at what point in your life do you just go okay um you know we 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 get it you know better than us how to run this how to do all this no matter what everybody says no matter the hours of testimony in another direction no matter anything else you know better than us i mean at what point do we just you know what at what point do we just start throwing our hands in the air and start swinging
4: no i'm with you i uh I just have never verbalized it that way before. I was I was impressed that you got you got on that much of a roll.
2: Well, I haven't usually. I don't usually get down into demeaning, you know, uh, ad hominem attacks. But at this point, it's 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 not a straw man. It's a it's a real deal. It's mm-hmm. it's concerning.
1: I
4: got I got to admit I'm impressed by the donut though this morning. But what, what what is with oh, the donut? It's a do- This is for
2: my friends over there at uh, at Donut King. You can't see it. but It's upside down, but. Uh, Donut King, Cindy over there, Donut King, um, uh, gave me this shirt and, um, and they make some, oh. they make some amazing donuts out there in Wasilla. And so, uh, she gave me the shirt and I told her I would rep the shirt. This is a while ago. I've worn this several times, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I was feeling very donut today. I could really use a donut
4: today. I'll be honest with you. I, I gotta admit, I like the dark and, and the beard just sort of comes, you know, rushing out of the. Out of the uh, out of the darkness. It's it's good. It's a good look. It's not as good as my pink shirt. Everybody gives me a hard time <laughs> about
2: my pink shirt, which is my breast cancer awareness shirt. But yeah, you know, uh, I'm not I'm not normally a kind of a dark sky. I like to wear a little bit of color, but you know, you're right. Now I just look like a floating head in the darkness with a donut hovering under my chin. <laughs> It's just a
4: reminder. It's just. I just, it's, about, I just about snorted my coffee on that one.
2: <laughs> it's just a reminder that donuts are with us always, so it's all good. It's all good. Uh, all right. Well, we're about uh, ninety seconds out right now, and I've got you all up on the screen and everything uh, on my end here. I haven't uh, pushed you over to the crowd yet, but uh, we'll be right back to you, okay, Brad? So hold the yeah. li- hold the line for just a second. Brad Keithley, our guest, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. And we're going to be joined uh, by him here in just a hot second. I got him uh, potted back down. He's on hold in the virtual green room eating virtual donuts instead of real ones like the ones on my shirt. I mean, it's not really a real donut, but somebody else asked about my donut shirt this morning in the chat room, too. So, yes, it is a donut with sprinkles, with sprinkles on my shirt this morning. So, uh, anyway... Somebody needs to go out to King's Donuts and get me some donuts uh, this morning. Maybe I need to get me some King's Donuts this morning. All right. Um, what else we got here? Um, we may have Brad comment on this comment about the three hundred dollar a barrel oil. Now that's Russian. That's the Russian foreign minister. So he's trying to stir up some scare. But I don't see. I don't see a problem with oil reaching two hundred dollars a barrel. Uh, in the short term. What does it mean long term? Maybe we'll talk with him about that as well. Uh, And everything else this morning. Make sure that you like and follow the show page uh, here on Facebook. And make sure that you share the video this morning, whether you're on Facebook or on YouTube. Make sure you share the video. And then if you're on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button and ring the bell as well. So you'll get notifications every morning when we go live. Because we know that's important, right? That's important stuff. All right, Brad Keithley, our guest, The Michael Duke Show. Let's do it. Okay, welcome back to the program. We're continuing now. It is Tuesday, the beginning of our weekly top three. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, comes on board with us to share. Today we're talking about the House Finance Budget, Inflation, Campaign Finance Reform, the whole kit and caboodle. Let's uh, jump into it with him here. He's joining us today. We're trying something new via Zoom instead of Skype. I think it's going to be better. We'll see... uh, We'll see how it goes. Good morning, my friend. How are you doing this morning,
4: Michael? I'm doing great today. How about you?
2: I'm doing good. I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing real good. Um,
4: so I've, I've, I've wiped off the coffee that I that I was snorting <laughs> out when you were talking about uh, about your your Donut King.
2: My donut. My Donut King. I'm wearing a Donut King shirt today, and so I've got a donut on my uh, chest here. And people were like, "What's all with the donut? I want a donut. Damn it! That's what it is. I got up this morning." <laughs> And I said, "What do I want this morning? I want a donut." So instead of eating one, I put on my donut shirt, and that's fine. Um, D- don't does that go, Terry? <laughs> yeah, to Terry. Well, she's asleep. I mean, nobody wants uh, to wake her. Nobody wants to wake up Sleeping Beauty at four o'clock in the morning. All right, I just I want her to be as rested as possible. All right. Um, well, let's dive into it here this morning. Um, let's talk about. Well, I I guess I was just kind of riffing on it. The House Finance uh, produced budget $1,250 PFD, $1,300 energy rebate, which, again, is just all a bunch of, you know, voodoo. It's all a bunch of uh, accounting voodoo where they're pulling from a different account, and they're saying, well, this equals what the governor wants. It just doesn't give you what the governor said it was, and so thereby denying him any kind of win or leverage in this. Give me your take on it.
4: Well, and and you made a good point earlier. It's still, I mean, even even you add those two together, it's still a billion dollars short uh, of what the uh, of what the statutory uh, PFD is. I've done a chart uh, that if I'm if I'm any good at this anymore, I'm going to try to put up on the screen uh, that would let's see, start sharing. There we go. There we go. You may see it from your end. I hope. Um, are we good? We're good. We're good. Go ahead. Um, okay. So this chart is it charts uh, the operating well, the total budget, the total UGF budget, and the PFD uh, over the last uh, several years. It starts in FY20 um, and takes us through what the House Finance Committee has proposed uh, for this year. Uh, the FY20 budget was 4.49 billion dollars. That's sort of the recent low. Um, that was the last, or the next to last Walker budget, and then the last Walker budget uh, ramped up from the 4.49 billion up to 4.81 billion. The first Dunleavy budget was 4.76. The second Dunleavy budget was 4.64. The third Dunleavy budget was 4.67, and now we're now we're at uh, at the fourth and uh, final, at least of the first term uh, Dunleavy budgets. He proposed a budget that's 50 million dollars below what his budget last year was 4.62 and now we're at the stage where the legislature's got their hands on it and they're starting to deal with it and the and the house finance committee has in front of it uh, their proposed uh, committee substitute uh, for uh, for the budget which would be uh 4.77 billion dollars uh these are all exclusive of the pfd i always do the pfd off to the side right to try to, to try to confuse things Uh, The legislature always includes the PFD. So when they talk about UGF numbers, they talk about higher UGF numbers because they're throwing in the PFD numbers. Um, And so they've proposed a budget of $4.77 billion. Uh, But they've taken a week off um, to wait for the uh, spring revenue forecast, uh, which is due out uh, early next week, may come out late this week, uh, due out early next week, I took a look at what that spring revenue forecast is going to look like in last week's uh, uh, landmine uh, column, the Friday column I do for the Alaska landmine. And it's going to have substantially higher revenues than what's been forecast before. And a concern is that the reason that the House Finance Committee has taken the week off to wait for the spring revenue forecast is because they want to spend a whole lot more <laughs> than even the $4.77 uh, the, the $150 million increase that they've already proposed over the uh over the governor's proposed budget.
2: And just for a second, Brad, I mean, even going back to last week, things have changed so dramatically here in the last week. Even the numbers you were talking about last week could be uh, low compared to what things could look like uh, coming up into the spring based on what we have right now, right?
4: They could be. Now, you know, people sort of jump and say, oh, it's $130 oil. That, that doesn't mean $130 oil average for a full year. Uh, for FY22, we've got oil prices down as low as in the 50s at the beginning of the of the of the of the current fiscal year. And so it's the average prices you look at. For FY23, uh we're still in backwardation, which means the current price uh is higher than the than the futures prices. And while and while the FY23 average is coming up, uh it's not it's not jumping up as fast as we're seeing these daily prices jump up. So you, you don't want to make the mistake of saying, oh, it's up so much currently. That means FY23 is going to be up the same amount. It's not. It's, it's how the average uh, moves up. We, we post, I post daily right. uh, on, on both the Facebook page and the Twitter page uh, what, uh, what the futures market is telling us about where the average price is for not only this fiscal year, but next fiscal year in the, in the three or four fiscal years beyond that. Uh, to try to get some sort of context of what we're looking at. And you can see there that the average prices are coming, the, 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 the average prices from the futures market are coming up, but they're not coming up to the levels or as fast as we're right. seeing the current. There's crisis.
2: always a lag time, right,
4: and all that, right. Well, and and the, and and the market's anticipating that while we're going through the current crisis, there will be some solutions to the current crisis over time, right? And, and that will help drive prices back down. Either we'll lose demand uh, or we'll have an increase in supply, or a combination of both, right. which will which will help drive the price back down. So okay. it's not it's it's not it's not so much lag as it is sort of an anticipation of how the market's going uh, to respond uh, to to the current price levels. Okay, sorry, sidebar over. Just wanted to. No, that's okay. <laughs> so the the one the the one the one thing that that the uh, while well, I keep what well, I have this chart up, I want to note is in each of these years. Uh, from FY uh, from FY 20 on, we've had PFD cuts. I mean, it's not it, it it's not that you know we've had we've had solid um, uh, uh, financials even even at the levels at the spending levels that we've been at each year. We've had significant PFD cuts. In FY 19, we had 830 million. FY 19, FY 20 well, those are, rubber. FY19, we had uh, 80, 830 million, FY20, we had 890 million, uh, FY21, Dunleavy, 820 million, and then FY21, 1.23 billion, one point, Dun- Dunleavy's proposed uh, 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 budget uh, was significantly, uh, had a significant PFD cut in it, uh, even this year. So it's, we, we've had PFD cuts through. And as you were pointing out earlier, even with the uh, energy uh, relief uh, payment that uh, uh, that the House has proposed, which we've got in the chart on, in green. Even with that energy relief payment, we've still got a billion dollar uh, PFD cut. So the, the 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 legislature continues to finance even with these high oil prices. The legislature is continuing to finance a part of government with a uh, with PFD cuts. They're continuing to take uh, a significant cut out of the statutory PFD. Uh, uh, as they, uh, uh, as they, uh, 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 put, put these budgets together, that's not ending. Uh, even when they tell you, well, there's, there's a, there's an adage I won't use on the air, but, but even when they tell you they're doing good things for you, they're still, They're still, uh, 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 even when they tell you it's raining, they're still doing something. Right, right.
2: They're still pissing all over you as soon as they're saying it's raining. I get you. I mean, we can say that. That's fine. And that's exactly Uh, what I was trying to say earlier. I mean, this is exactly the modus operandi of the business as usual crowd in there. Be happy that we gave you what we gave you. We know it's not what we are supposed to give you. We know that we could ignore the law, but we still know better than you.
4: We'll be coming back to this chart uh, uh, throughout throughout the, the legislative cycle to to talk about what's going on. But but right now at four point seven seven, we're still higher than we've been in any year during the uh, Dunleavy administration. We're going back to Walker, and this is just the House proposal. This is before this is before House Finance actually acts on it. Right. The House acts on it, or Senate Finance, or Senate. This is this is the House uh, the 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 pending. Uh, what came out of the House committees uh, that's pending before the before the legislature at four point seven seven? We're going to see whether the legislature actually can keep costs down when revenues are going up. Remember, they all said, "Oh, we're going to we're going to learn the lesson. Costs are independent of revenues. We're going to keep costs down. We're going to keep spending down even if revenues go back up." Well, we're going to follow along with this chart and see if that's if that's actually what happens. All right, I'm going to try to back out of the chart now.
2: All right. So as Brad backs out of the chart, we're going to come back over here and uh and uh we'll continue. So uh again, how does this play out in your mind, Brad?
4: Well, I think I think the legislature I think we're going to see a lot of activity uh in the house. I hopefully we're going to see people advocate uh for uh you know a, a substantial PFD uh, uh, because we can afford a substantial PFD. I mean, they've told us all these years that we can't afford the PFD, right? I mean, the reason we're not getting the statutory PFD is because we can't afford it. Well, the revenues are going to be there to be able to afford the full PFD and the full statutory PFD. Uh, Rob Myers just made a good point in the chat room that, uh, that actually revenues are, uh, FY22 revenues are getting so high that we po- probably could fund government and the full statutory PFD without uh, uh, taking a draw from the permanent fund uh, earnings reserves. Right. Uh, so, you know, we're we're going to, they've told us all these years, we can't afford a full PFD because we don't have the revenues. Now we're going to have the revenues. We're going to see what story starts, what, what story they start using now. Well, now yeah, we got the revenues, but we still are not, we're not going to pay you a full PFD. Uh, and, you know, you look at the house and we're even going to try to get away with, with establishing the precedent of a 2575 PFD. What's the re- You know, because because we don't want to give it to you because you know we need to do something else with that money. We need to spend it on this, that, or the other thing. We're going to see what the stories are uh, from uh, from this point forward uh, as the revenues have come up, um, and it's going to be a test of whether you know as uh, h- however you want to term the Republicans uh, in the in the House, including Kelly Merrick and including Sarah Rasmussen, who don't belong to the Republican minority. Uh, we're going to see whether those Republicans, in fact, uh, are fiscal conservatives and can constrain spending uh, even as revenues come up. This is going to be a good test. Well, of that. it's great to have the test before before an election cycle.
2: Yeah. Now, let me say this. Some of them will say, well, I am a fiscal conservative. That's why I'm not giving a full PFD. I'm not I'm I'm going to hold back on this because that's the. That is the sound fiscal thing to do. I'm not going to give a full PFD because we can't afford it going into the future. So I am a fiscal concern. I can already see the arguments being run
4: up. Yeah, that's that's going to be humorous because the PFD cut is a tax, right? And so they're going to tell you that 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 they have to continue to tax you, but they're taxing you in the way that has the largest adverse impact on middle and lower income Alaska families, and has the largest adverse impact on the economy. So what they're going to be, what those quote fiscal conservatives are going to be telling you then, is we have to continue, even with all these revenues, we have to continue to tax you, and we have to continue to tax you in the worst possible way, in order to continue to do whatever they, whatever whatever they think right. they're doing. So I, so I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see a good storyline for these fiscal conservatives, so called fiscal conservatives uh, uh, in the, in the days ahead, either they're going to continue to tax by continuing to cut the PFD or, uh, they're going to, they're going to, uh, they're going to spend all that money and tell you, well, we still can't afford a PFD because we spend it all, uh, on something else.
2: Right, exactly. All right. Well, I guess that moves us on to number two, give me a tease for the inflationary factor and how it's going to affect us.
4: So one of the next things we're going to start hearing out of the legislature is, oh, inflation, we have to start spending more uh, because of inflation. Inflation is gonna drive up spending and and that's the justification for all this additional spending you're gonna see. There are market measures of inflation, just like there is the futures market for uh, oil that that gives you some estimates of what uh, market participants think uh, future oil prices are gonna be. There are similar measures, market measures, of what market participants think uh, inflation is going to be. And and we're going to look at those, and they're not the 7 and 10% we're going to hear some people talk about when they try to justify increased spending. They are much lower numbers. And we'll talk about those when we come back.
2: Brad Keithley, our guest, Alaska's for Sustainable Budgets. We continue in just a moment. Make sure you come check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Show, if you want to participate in the between shows. Uh, with our questions and talks with Brad. We will continue with the weekly top three right after this. Don't go anywhere.
0: Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend.
2: All right, we're in the break right now. Brad Keithley is our guest. Um it, this is going to be interesting and Brad, I liked how you I liked how you framed this argument, you know, that people are going to show whether they're true fiscal conservatives. I mean, this will be this will be an available talking point for anybody who's running for re-election. Um and it uh, I mean, it, it gives us a good opportunity to point out where people have fallen short of that fiscal conservancy.
4: Yeah, and and, and, and it's gonna be, I mean, the spotlight's gonna be on Sarah Rasmussen and Kelly Merrick. Both of them are on House Finance. The question, uh, what I'm gonna be looking closely for is how Sarah Rasmussen and Kelly Merrick vote on, on proposals to increase spending. I mean, we've already seen that the House Finance Committee substitute that's in front of House Finance right now is an increase of about $150 million. Uh, over uh, over what Dunleavy proposed, and we've already seen that it's a it's, it's an increase over the budgets we've had uh, during the past two years. Uh, but how are they going to vote? How are Kelly and Sarah going to vote on these things as they come up before House Finance? How are they going to vote on these issues when they come up before the House? And frankly, we're going to see whether they're actual fiscal conservatives or not. It, same things true of the of the remainder of the committee. I mean. You've got Bryce on there. You've got you know Neil Foster. You've got others on there who claim to be fiscal conservatives, and we'll see what they do. But the spotlight—I mean, Sarah Rasmussen wanted to be on House Finance. Good for her. The spotlight's going to be on her uh, about uh, about what uh, about what she's going to do uh, as these uh, proposals come up for additional spending.
2: Well, and I think we're going to uh, we're going to need to work very hard to show people that that's exactly. What we've been talking about this whole time, that that is exactly what's going on. And this is where the rubber meets the road and they've got to, they've got to step up. And, uh, and if they don't step up now, we're going to be, you know, we'll, we'll, we will, we'll get what we exactly what we deserve in that
4: regard. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to see, you know, step by step. That's why I created this chart. One of the reasons I created this chart to be able to follow step by step What's going on with the budget as we go through the as we go through the remainder uh, of the session, and compare it to uh, what's been done in prior years, compared to what the governor proposed, and we're going to see how you know how tight a leash these guys are going to are going to hold on spending levels uh, as we walk through the process.
2: Jimmy asked in the chat room, and this is a question that comes up quite frequently, and you've actually answered it before but I will ask it again because it comes up so frequently and it says, Brad, are we getting enough for our oil? That's a, that's a question. And I think you and I have had this discussion several times. Um, but, uh, you know, are we getting enough? Could, is there money on the table?
4: So at lower oil prices, um, the answer is, is I think yes. Um, uh, looking at, uh, at industry standards, looking at, uh, uh, at what, uh, uh, what um, uh, you know, the cost structure and everything else. I think there was was money being left on the table uh, at the lower oil prices. What happens as we as we increase in oil price is the progressivity provisions of SB twenty one kick in, and the state takes more and more and more and more uh, at higher oil prices. Uh, we're now you know at lower oil prices we were getting roughly uh 35 let's let's say in the $50 range we were getting roughly 35 million dollars uh per barrel of per $1 increase in the barrel of oil so if the uh, if oil prices went up by a dollar that meant 35 million dollars to the state at the prices at the additional uh, dollars to the state on an annual basis um at the price levels that we're operating at now we're in the 80 85 85 Million dollar range, so an, an increase of a price of a barrel of oil at this level by a dollar increases the states take by eighty five million dollars, and so as we as we step up and as the progressivity features kick in, uh, I think it's probably uh, that we're probably in the ballpark of what is reasonable at these price levels. Where where I think we've been falling short is 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 what happens at the at the lower ends of the uh, the price range
2: so the progressivity portion of it is 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 wonky essentially we're getting the right amount when it's high oil
4: but at the low oil we're getting a little bit of a sticky stick yeah i think that i think i think that's the fair i think that's the fair characteristic and that's the reason frankly i supported uh ballot measure one uh last election cycle because we're in a low price cycle and i think we needed to address it i don't I I did not think that ballot measure one, in particular, was the right solution. But the way the ballot measures operate is, if you pass it, the legislature could modify it. Uh, it sort of opens up the subject and forces the legislature to deal with it. It puts a puts a stop behind it. If the legislature doesn't deal with it, the ballot measure kicks in. So I I think we needed to address it, and I still think we need to address it at lower price levels. But now that we're in a higher price regime, uh, as long as we stay in that higher price regime, I think the progressive Progressivity is capturing uh, a lot more of the value per barrel and and making it a lot uh, a lot closer to uh, to uh, a fair split.
2: And that aligns, of course, in part with what Mike Schauer was talking about in the fiscal policy working group, with uh, his saying, you know, two or three hundred million dollars more that could all be addressed with that. It's good stuff. Brad Keithley is our guest. Let's jump back into it. Like and share this video. The Michael Duke Show. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the program. We're continuing now the weekly top three. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, is uh, our guest, and we're going through the weekly top three. We're moving on to number two. We just finished up with House Finance's budget. Now we're talking about the inflation factor and what does it mean uh, for the state as they're going to try and increase the spending to offset that inflation. Brad, what's your take?
4: Well, I think I think we're going to start hearing a lot of discussion. Uh, uh in the legislature about oh my gosh, inflation's exploding. you know with high oil prices that does drive inflation to a degree um, and, and, and and we're going to hear the offset to high oil prices, the offset to high revenues is all of a sudden you know we're going to have higher costs, inflation costs uh, and uh, and and that uh, uh, we need to uh, we need to account for increased spending uh, as a result of uh, as a result of inflation. There are market measures of inflation, just like there is the futures market for um, uh, for, for to, to, to give you a snapshot in time of what uh, what market participants think uh, uh, oil prices are going to be. There is essentially a futures market for uh, inflation, and it operates around um, it operates around uh, 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 the the treasury the treasury markets. Um, the Treasury publishes, uh, well, Treasury has two different bonds. One bond is indexed for uh, inflation. Another bond, or another bond is not indexed for inflation. The difference between the two uh, can be used as a measure for inflation. The Federal Reserve uh, Bank of St. Louis publishes those on a regular basis, uh, and, it's, and it calls it the break-even rate uh, and says that the, the break-even rate implies what market participants expect inflation to be, uh in the uh in the next uh, period uh, uh depending upon which bond you're using uh you can go to uh the 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 information that the St. Louis Fed uh publishes and you can see those market inflation rates uh or you can see those break even rates uh they're published for 5 years 7 years and 10 years so when uh, somebody starts saying, "Oh, inflation is going to be seven percent," we have to start factoring in seven percent inflation in the budget. You can go just like you can with uh, with the crude markets. You can uh, go uh, uh, to uh, uh, to the to the futures market and and try to determine uh, what the uh, what the inflation rate, uh, rate what the inflation rate is for the five years. Just to give you the numbers. For the five years, uh, the future, the uh, Fred, the Federal Reserve Bank of uh, St. Louis, the publishing that does, Fed says that the current uh, inflation rate, breakeven inflation rate for five years is 3.29%. The current inflation rate for seven years, over seven years, is 2.69%, uh, and the uh, inflation rate over the 10-year period is uh, 2.77%, nothing anywhere close higher elevated during the first, during five years for the five years, but nothing even close to the seven years that I anticipate we're going to hear people talking about.
2: Brad Keithley, Alaskans, Alaskans for sustainable budgets. Uh, We're continuing to talk about the weekly top three. How does inflation in the law, I mean, so give us a long run view of what the inflation could potentially do in that regard.
4: So, so the, the, the governor's budget was, was assumed a 1% inflation uh, his 10-year plan assumed one percent inflation and had and had growth over one year inflation. Uh, even at the time that that came out, inflation was higher. Uh, and so I went and used the 10 year uh, number from uh, the then 10 year number from Fred, which was about 2.5% and showed inflation growth over that period. And layer and in, in the, in the work I've been doing since is layering increased revenues, increased revenues from higher oil prices, on top of that increased spending uh, or on top of that inflation adjusted ten-year uh, plan and we're still showing that we can afford uh, 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 at least a 50-50 PFD uh, without uh, uh, without uh, uh, having to adjust that because of because of increased spending due to uh, due to inflation it, 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 when you when you you know elevate the inflation levels when you when you use, Uh, 2.77 now instead of the 2.5. That's going to affect it at the margin. But that's how we need to be looking at this. We don't need, just like we don't need to be looking at $130 oil and think that's going to last 10 years and, and everybody jumped to one side of the boat and saying, oh my gosh, we're saved because we got $130 oil for 10 years, just like we shouldn't be doing that. We shouldn't be saying, "Oh my gosh, inflation seven percent now is going to be that for ten years." We got to, you know, we got to adjust everything for ten years. We can't give PFDS because we're going to have to take into account that inflation is going to be at that high rate uh, over the ten years. We've got market measures for this, just like we've got market measures for oil. We've got market measures for inflation, and as we go through this discussion, as people try to claim that we need to increase spending to account for uh, to account for inflation. We're, we're, we're going to need to keep them tied down, just like we do on the oil side, just like when we say, no, it's not $130 for 10 years. This is what the market is telling us for 10 years. Just uh, We're going to have to do that also on the inflation side and keep them tied down and say, no, it's not 7% for 10 years. This is what the market is telling us. Ten, the 10-year inflation, the market expectation of 10-year inflation right now is uh, is 2.77%. Brad Keithley,
2: Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. This leads us into number three, which gives us a opportunity to wrap things up on time today. So let's let's talk about that, Brad.
4: So the the Alaska Public Offices Commission (APOC), which governs governs campaign contributions and campaign finance, issued a decision last. Issued a decision last week that said that uh, uh, all bets are off, all all limits are off. This follows a Ninth Circuit decision, which had rejected Alaska's uh, campaign limits as uh, as I, I think I think it's appropriate to say is outdated um, because they hadn't adjusted for inflation. They had hadn't adjusted the amounts for inflation as uh, as inflation had gone along. They've been stuck at the same levels for a number of years, um, and so APAC. Um, uh, and so APOC, uh, uh, following that Ninth Circuit decision, had initially said, OK, what we're going to do is we're going to adjust uh, the contribution levels uh, for inflation for uh, 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 o- over a period of time. And those are going to be the new numbers. But there's no authority in statute that gives APOC the authority to adjust those numbers for inflation. The statute reads as a flat amount. And so the question was whether uh uh, whether uh, uh, that was an appropriate reading or an appropriate action by APOC to put those limitations in. Um, and so APOC uh, this past week uh, reversed uh, uh, reversed its uh, uh, decision on, uh, on, on putting in these artificial limits, the limits that they had determined that were not based in statute, reversed their decision and said, well, we don't have statutory authority to do anything, uh, and so they released uh, uh, all of the campaign limits. And what we've got now is a situation in, wh- in which Alaska has no campaign limits, no campaign finance limits, no limits on contributions uh, that can be given to uh, uh, candidates at the, at the state level or at the local level. Uh, 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 they've, they've, th- those campaign limits are completely gone. That's a similar to a situation in, uh, in, in Oregon and in the ADN story, in the in the in the Nat Hertz story on uh, on on this issue, uh, he quotes a, a a guy from Oregon, a lawyer from Oregon, who's a, has been observing what happened to Oregon when they did the same thing. And it says unlimited contributions are going to lead to just like we've seen in the Oregon legislature, big money really beginning to stymie good policy. If you guys go to super high limits, and we have no limits now, I mean, Apoc's taking out all the limits. If you go to super high limits. You're going to see bad public policy as a result, and you're going to have elected officials who are more beholden to the big money interests uh, up there. Well, we already have a problem with, with elected official officials bending over backwards uh, to uh to meet uh to, to meet the expectations of their campaign donors. I mean, that's what we've seen with the PFD. We've seen the legislature choose the the, the revenue package, the revenue approach that has the largest adverse effect effect. On middle and lower income Alaska families, um, and if we now go to unlimited campaign contributions directly to candidates, which is where APOC has put us, or where the Ninth Cir- Circuit has put us, and now APOC has put us, uh, I think we're going to see even more of that sort of big money influence uh, on the legislature. Well, it's I- something I hope that it's something I hope uh, the legislature addresses uh, before they're before they're done. If they don't, uh, we're going to have uh, a lot of money flowing into our state level and legislative. Well,
2: and I, here. and I'll say this, I mean, I, yesterday I, I pontificated on this a bit. I'm i I'm a bit torn because I'm all about free speech and I think people should be able to, uh, I think people should be able to utilize their monies as a form of free speech. Uh, but I am concerned about excessive money coming in, but uh, somebody made a point to say, well, all those outside special interest packs, they don't have to really, um, they don't have to really, uh, dis, you know, disclose who all the contributors are. Just the top three, and so it gets a little more confuddled. It might be better if uh, politicians uh, had to do it, and then they had to make sure that they were disclosing. But I guess we'll we'll pick this up at another time. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Thank you for coming on board, my friend,
4: Michael. As always, thanks for having me.
2: All right, folks, we're going to continue here uh, during the. Uh, During the break, we're going to restart the simulcast. Apparently, we've got some audio issues we're going to come back to, but we'll return. The radio side is fine, and so we'll continue to talk with all of you here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show continues. Chris Story coming up in hour two, plus your phone calls. We will be back with more in just a moment. Okay. So I don't know exactly what happened, but um, all of a sudden, uh, the entire volume, the volume to the radio and to the broadcast uh, to the regular broadcast facilities are all fine. Levels are all fine there. But all of a sudden all the levels to uh, my broadcast software and to and from Zoom and everything else is super low. So people can't even hear it. I'm looking at the waveform of my recording and it's teeny tiny uh and so i don't know if it was the zoom or something or what this is the first time we've used zoom in a long term so we'll have to double check this but i'm going to have to restart the broadcast um so brad um if you want to hold down for a second um yep. we're going to uh, I'll, I'll see if i can bring brad back up here in just a moment in fact i'm going to leave the chat room with brad and i will be back with more Uh, Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. You're home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more in just a hot
0: second. Welcome to the party, pal. The the Michael Duke Show.
1: The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me.
0: What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That
1: was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective.
0: We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom.
1: I just don't fathom it.
0: The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world.
2: Streaming live around the world on the interwebs at michaeldukeshow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. Um, I feel a little bit alone and lonely now. There's no, uh, no simulcast uh, as of right now on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Some kind of technical issue allows me to stream at full volume on the radio. But for some reason, it will not provide audio to the It will not provide full audio to the rest of the uh, world here. To the internet is what I mean. So, no simulcast for hour two. And I guess we'll have to fix the podcast later. Because the podcast, the waveform is itty-bitty. It's itty-bitty. i got to stretch it out to make it all work. So, if it sounds weird later on, that's why I had to do it. Because it's a real thin line right now. When usually it's, you know, tall and in charge. So... That's uh, that's how we roll. All right. Well, um, I had to re- i tried to reset the whole system during the break, so uh, I have to reinstigate the. Uh, I have to the phone lines. Uh, I'm hoping that the phone lines actually work now that everything is uh, now. Now that everything has has come apart, we'll see if we can get some phone lines up and uh, get a chance to talk to you, our listeners, this morning. Uh, if you would like to call in, uh, let me let me verify that everything's working first before we uh, before we go anywhere here. Before I start throwing the phone number around, thanks for calling the call in line of the Michael Duke Show. Okay, so that's uh, apparently working, so I should be able to hear your phone calls. If you want to call in this morning and sound off on anything that Brad just talked about, now's the time to do it. The phone number to call the Pivotal call in line is 907-433-3150 907-433-3150 we would love to hear uh, if you would uh, if you have anything to say on this now is the time to do it uh, we'll fill up the phone lines we'll also take an open line open form tacked at the end of the show this morning as well after we've had a chance to visit with the one and only Chris Story here who will be joining us in just a few minutes for our weekly uplift session, and that's for you know a chance for us to uh, uh, a chance for us to chat and uh, get a you know get a little bit of a positive mental attitude check. So that's all coming up here uh, in just a few minutes on the program, and we will dive into that here shortly. With that, meanwhile, uh, we're going to finish our discussions. We've been talking all morning about what's going on in the. Uh, What's going on in the legislature? And, of course, the House Finance just uh, put forward their proposed budget. And as Brad was just saying uh, before he was so rudely interrupted by the technical issues, um, that the the budget has been proposed. The substitute for the governor's budget has now been proposed. And they're taking basically a week off to wait for the spring revenue forecast because they fully anticipate that uh, there will be more projected money coming in. And they just can't wait. I mean, they're sitting there just rubbing their hands together. They can't wait to get their hands on even more money. I mean, based on what's going on right now, and uh, Senator Rob Meyer in the chat room uh, said earlier that they've reached the point almost now where they they could run the whole government, do the whole budget, and pay a PFD without even taking a draw from the era right now because they're, they they propo- they're pro- projecting to have so much revenue come in but what are they doing they're playing games they are playing the same games that they've been playing forever this time by setting a dividend at $1250 and then setting an energy relief check um and sending an energy relief check for thirteen hundred dollars, it is definitely a, uh, a you know again another one of those games where they are uh, where they're just basically jerking us around. That's that that is exactly it. it they're just jerking us around and basically telling us you poor poor pitiful children if you would just sit down and let the grown-ups talk we could handle everything that's where we're at this morning it's uh it's really uh, it's just really super super frustrating to watch and of course this is the story that we've been let. this is the story that we've been left with for the last 7 years here in the state and really, quite honestly, I mean, even going back fifteen or 20 years ago, it's exactly the same attitude only amplified. It used to be that they'd only kind of be that way. Now it's almost every politician whose business as usual has decided that for some reason uh, that for some reason that we are, You know, for some reason, we are just the children that need to be handheld on all of these things. It's insulting. It's absolutely insulting. Anyway, uh, what are we going to do about it? Well, for the moment, there's not a whole lot we can do about it. All we can do is fight back. We can watch who is... uh, We can watch who is, uh, uh, you know, running for office. We can watch who is currently in office. We can watch their votes. We can understand who we need to, um, you know, who we need to fight back against, who we need to try and run a candidate against. All we could do is support those who are fighting these fights. That's all we can do. And I guess that's where we'll end up when it's all said and done. All right, um, we have got Chris Story, the man from Homer, going to be joining us here in a few minutes. And apparently things fix themselves. I don't know what exactly that means, but uh, uh, it is what it is. We're going to see if we can uh, continue to stream and uh, broadcast on uh, both the uh, the Internet and on the radio at the same time this morning. Uh, but this is a good opportunity for me to tell you about one of our sponsors on the program. Yeah, I can do that. I, I got I got time for that. You know, back in 2018, there was uh you know there was that massive earthquake earthquake uh, down here in the uh, in the South Central area. Now, normally, I would have been in town probably by this time because it happened at about eight fifteen. I would be in town doing something, working around, doing whatever. And um, I would probably have been in a little bit of a panic. but just as as truth would have it, as, as luck would have it, I happened to be home that morning. I had a doctor's appointment later that that morning. and so I mean I, I luckily I was in, I was at my house. But if I hadn't been there, I could have had a hard time getting a hold of my wife to make sure everybody was okay. I mean, luckily, everybody came out fine. I mean, the epicenter was five miles from my house, and we we escaped relatively unscathed, right, with just some glassware broken or whatever. But it could have been much worse because the cellular congestion on the network was huge. Everybody's trying to call everybody. And on top of that, uh, you know, we had cell phone towers that were down, damaged, whatever was going on. And so I was very grateful that I was home that morning. But if I hadn't been, I really would have been happy if I had had a bivvy stick at that point. What is a bivvy stick, you ask? Well, let me tell you. It's a small device. It's about half the size of your cell phone. And it connects to your phone via Bluetooth. So you, you can connect it via Bluetooth and uh, then you download the app, and all of a sudden you can control this. Uh, you can control this uh, this device, and the phone. It becomes a satellite communications device, so you can send text messages, so you can send emails, so you can send uh, locations like here I am. Um, you could send, uh, you know, a, a, a little check in. Things the bivy sticks on the side of it it's got a little button that's got a little check mark and that's your check-in button that you you know set and put a little pre pre-done message in there that says, hey I'm fine, here's where I'm at and it drops a pin and it sends the message to whoever you you know want to send it to. You've got a little emergency one, a little red one at the bottom that you could do the same thing. you know your message is I, I've fallen or I'm hurt or I need help and sends the pin. And in a situation like during the earthquake in 2018, I mean, it would have been just good to be able to say, I'm okay, here's where I'm at. That is the peace of mind that's offered to you by Stick. This little unit is only $199, and they've got plans that range from the $14 a month, what I call the safety plan, that includes rollover minutes and everything else, to the $45 a month unlimited plan, meaning you could send as many as you want, messages and emails and pins and everything else, plus no activation fees, all for just $199. You've got five continuous days of battery usage. um, You've got no activation fees, and they are always rolling out new features, some cool stuff coming up down the road that we're going to talk about as well. So if you're a hunter, a fisherman, a snow machiner, a doctor, a truck driver, Avon lady, soccer mom, mentalist, or guru, you need a brand new bivvy stick. All you got to do is go over to satellitewest.com for a list of dealers. Click on the bivvy stick logo. You can get that. Or you can go check it out at our local dealers, including uh, Communications North and Seward, Radar Alaska and Kodiak. South Central Radar in the Spit in Homer, safe and sound in Wasilla, Anchorage or Soldatna, London Marine Electronics in Dutch Harbor, and Arctic Fire and Safety in Fairbanks. Thank you to Bivvy Stick for sponsoring the program. And I hope you will go in. I hope I can trouble you to go into one of these one of these uh dealers, and I hope you you will go in and say thank you for thank you for sponsoring the show. I hope you I hope you will do that. That would be that would be ideal for us right now. Okay. Um, we're getting ready to come up to the break. Boy, it's a half it's a hot mess going on here. But we're gonna jump into this and we're going to uh we're gonna continue with Chris story here in just a moment. So let's uh let's go to commercial and come back here in just a moment with our weekly uplift. Well, we need it by now, don't we? we absolutely need it all right we're going to continue the michael duke show common sense liberty-based free-thinking radio we will return with more in just a moment don't go anywhere
0: Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
2: Okay, we're in the break. I mean, do I know what a Hertz Donut is? Yes, I do know what a Hertz Donut is. Hertz Donut. Um, I have no idea what happened. I mean, I I literally tried to restart the thing, and it didn't work. So then I restarted the whole computer, and it still didn't. And then just all of a sudden, arbitrarily, the levels all came back up. I have no freaking clue what's going on. I mean, I'd be the first to admit, I have no freaking clue what's going on. So, the caster live stream should be down back to manageable levels. Now, I had it cranked all the way up trying to uh, get it to here. I, d- I don't know, man. I just, I do not know what happened there. There is no explanation. I literally restarted the computer and it was doing exactly the same thing. And then, three minutes into my diatribe, all of a sudden the needle started bouncing off the thing again. No idea. No idea freaking clue, Monday, Monday, but it's Tuesday, <laughs> yes, yes, it is Tuesday, my friends, Um. all right, well, we're going to be joined in just a moment by Chris Story, uh-oh, did I get a text message, um, over-modulating something fierce on the live stream, that's because I had it cracked all the way up, that's why, I hopefully have fixed that now. Is the cat in there with you? No cat in here with me today. It's not the cat's fault. Please bring Brad back on tomorrow so we can hear what he had to say. I think the ledge rigged the volume. They they do not want us to hear what Brad has to say. I will. I'm going to fix the podcast so you'll be able to go back and listen to it on the podcast, uh, Kathleen. That's all I can do right now. So we'll see. I've already got guests lined up for tomorrow, so we're going to be we're going to be busy tomorrow. But uh yeah, I have no idea, man. No I have no clue. I was looking at every setting in this computer that I could get a hold of while I was talking to you. And for some reason it just I mean, I don't know what I don't know what I don't know what's happening. I don't know why. It just, I I have no explanation whatsoever. I know. I've never wanted to drink so bad at six, seven o'clock in the morning, just to make it—just <laughs> ghosts in the machine, ghosts in the machine, gremlins. Yeah, says Dan. So anyway, it's um, it's all up and running now, and uh, I'm confabulated to uh, enough to. I mean, I thought maybe it was on Brad's end. I thought maybe using Zoom because we'd never used Zoom before for the full for the full meeting. You know. And I thought maybe Zoom had made some kind of internal change on my machine that I couldn't see, and that's why I thought a full reboot would fix it. But no. No, I mean, luckily, we were still broadcasting on the radio. That was, that's my main, I mean, as much as I love you guys, you know, the bread and butter here is, you've got, we've got a bunch of radio stations and translators that are counting on that programming. And if it goes down, oh, that looks bad, you know? And so I'm I'm glad... That uh, at least, for I mean, for whatever reason, the send to the radio stations remained at the same level. That was the only meter that continued to be in the appropriate areas. So, it's weird. Um, I got one line on hold here. Uh, Good morning, who's this? Where are you calling from?
4: Good morning, Mike. It's Lee out of Denali.
2: Hey, Lee, quickly, I got Chris coming up. What's up?
4: Hey, man, I just wanted you to take a chill pill, relax, because I don't need you blowing a gasket, man. You're too important to us out here. And as always, a humble thank you for keeping it real. But uh, we need you, man. Don't don't blow a gasket.
2: I'm not going to blow a a gasket. It's just, I appreciate it, Lee. I'm not going to blow a gasket. It's just frustrating (laughs) when everything moves perfectly and then for some unknown reason, unbeknownst to anybody, it decides to just poop the bed. It's just, you know, it's one of those things, blue screen of death and all that. The blue screen of death. I didn't get that. I didn't get the blue screen of death, although I suppose I could have. Speaking of blue screen of death, I think Chris Story is on with us. Good morning, my friend.
3: Good morning, Michael. How are you? Well, I'm not even going to ask. I'm going to tell you how I am. I'm fantastic. Oh,
2: fantastic. fantastic. Great, great. Yeah, no, I'm doing good. I'm doing good.
3: Yeah, sounds like you once again have an opportunity to overcome an obstacle.
2: Absolutely. Overcome. Improvise. Here we go. Let's do it. yeah that's right a little bit of surf a little bit of surf rock we got it we're adapting we're overcoming we're improvising that's what we do around here we got uh more speaking of the master of uh improvising i didn't want to leave that hanging too long uh chris story joins us this morning the man from homer to give us our weekly uplift boy do i need it today Hello, my friend. What's uh, What's going on? What's on your mind?
3: Well, once again, Michael, I woke up on top of the world. There's sun and blue skies and opportunity everywhere I look. See? Oh, uh- that's enough. No wonder I got a death threat uh, about three weeks ago. And I'm starting to figure out why. That, that is,
2: You're yeah, yes, so yeah. obnoxiously positive, I just want to kill you. I mean, no, 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 I I don't really want to. No, I need that, man. I need that. I wouldn't invite you on the program all the time if I didn't need a remembrance of what I needed to be focused on. I mean, that's why I do it, because I am, you know, I'm not, I'm not great sometimes at staying focused on the positive. I can get down on the weeds and the negative, and so... I definitely need that positivity.
3: I got to tell you, um, Martin Seligman is a, a psychiatrist, a doctor. He's somebody that I really admire, and, and I've read a few of his books, uh, and I highly recommend them. But I'll, I'll basically, it all kind of boils down to his lifetime of work—some fifty years—boils down to basically pessimism leads to depression and leads to all sorts of mental maladies and physical. And the good news about that is that the good news about depression is it's within your control because depression is essentially the result of negative pessimistic thinking. And right. this is, of course, assuming that there's not some, uh, you know, serious
2: physiological you know,
3: problem. Yeah, right. there could be a, There's other things. But by and large, when we say we're depressed or by and large, when we say, all. Oh, you know, this. You know, whether it be seasonal affective disorder, what have you, a lot of it's stemming from from our thoughts. So I always appreciate this opportunity to sort of start Tuesday morning with you forcing myself to think, hmm, this is an interesting day. And I ran across a quote uh, a few weeks ago, and I wrote it down. And I found it on a scrap of paper that I had stuck in a book I, I opened this morning just coincidentally, and it was a quote from Byron Katie. She's an author, speaker, thought person. You know, she's been around for quite a while. And She said that, and I and I wrote it down because so often we think about if I said, "Oh, what's the definition of depression?" Or excuse me, depression. Hello, insanity. Oh, it's doing the same thing over and over again. You know, that that expecting different results. That's the quote we hear often about the insane, insanity definition. But she said, and this is why it's important, I think, to look at other people's thoughts. She said, "The real definition of insanity is to believe you need what you do not have." That's Byron Katie, to believe you need what you do not have. And it got me thinking, I think she's right about that. I think that, that truly you've got what you need. And if you say, well, no, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough popularity fame. I don't have enough, whatever it is. I think I would just qualify that by saying, yes, you do at least to get started. You have enough to get started. And I think that's the, that's one of the bigger problems that we face today, aside from the fact that we could be nuked off the map at any minute. <laughs> A real problem that existed prior to that, that little incursion truly is the idea or thought that you're not enough or that you're not even enough to get started. You may not be enough to take to the stage, but surely you've got enough to get started. Right. right? You may not be enough. Maybe you're not enough today to become CEO of the organization or company you dream of leading one day, but you have what you need to at least get started today towards that ultimate aim, which I think that journey is absolutely the zest of life. That's what life is about. Not just getting there, but actually the journey to get there. I heard an a interesting story from a, a Kung Fu master and he was talking to a young pupil who had come to him and said, I want to learn, you know, Kung Fu. I want to be a Kung Fu master like you. And he said, well, um, you know, why? And he said, well, because I want to, uh, and he couldn't really answer it very well. He couldn't answer why, but he said, well, how long is it going to take me to become a Kung Fu master? And he said, 10 years. He goes, okay, but I, I really want to become a Kung Fu. Okay, you really want, okay, 20 years. Wait a minute. Okay, but what if I really, really want it? He said, 30 years. And he kept going up and he said, "Finally, well, I don't understand if I really want this, why can't I? And he said, if you have one eye on the destination, and one eye on the journey, it will take you four times as long. Wow, that's, a, that's an interesting thing. So if you're fully focused, you know where you want to go, but you're fully focused on getting there and at least getting started, you're far better off.
2: Well, and I think, uh, you know, that's, that's, you know, many cultures uh, from Native American to Chinese to the West. Many philosophers have talked about the benefits and the beauty of the journey in those kind of things. I mean that they 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 have all in one form or another, however you want to say it, have some kind of saying or proverb that essentially says the same thing that while the destination is worthy, the journey is where the growth and the love and the, you know, and all the that is the fulfillment is the journey. And I think we I yeah. think we forget that. We put our eye on the prize mm-hmm. of something and we're like, I'm so miserable here. I just want to get to where I'm going. And if you don't stop and smell the roses, which, of course, is another, you know, uh, aphorism for that, um, you know, you you, you miss out on the biggest part of it. You've you've got to enjoy it. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's a struggle. You do go through bad times when you're trying to reach a goal. There's no doubt about it. But every little thing I always looked at it, if I had a negative thing happen or a negative thing impact me, I just think, well, I'm falling. I'm falling down, but at least I'm falling forward. So I'm six feet closer to my goal. So at least I have that to look forward to, right? I mean, there's, there's got to be something in there.
3: Mark Twain said that he who does not read is not better off than he who cannot read. And I, I love that little quote because it reminds me of, of biographies. If you can read, then you can read biographies. And if you read biographies, my, one of my favorite, I've got three biographies on Walt Disney written by three different people from three different perspectives. But one thing they all have in common, failure, failure, failure. Failure. The right. great thing about reading Walt Disney's biographies are he had so many swings and misses, or near misses, and then failures and strikeouts in his life that led to what we all know today is this massive successful company and and a, a fortune he left for his family. But the truth of it is, what makes his biography most interesting isn't the win because we know that's coming. We know, you know, we know how the story ended, or at least you know to this point in time. Right with billions of dollars of worth. But the reality is getting there is absolutely fascinating because it's chock full of failures and and I'll bet, but you know what? I don't even have to bet because he was quoted as saying, I even though I failed, you know, all these times and all these things, he said I wouldn't do a thing differently. I wouldn't want it to be any different than how it's been. And I think that's just That's it. Well, right, because maybe you've got what you need.
2: Maybe you needed those failures to change a perspective Mm -hmm. or change your circumstance enough that the next, you know, that the next step in the trail would appear, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe if things had been done differently, maybe it wouldn't have turned out the same way.
3: And I think that comes back to the point of you've got what you need. Maybe not, again, to be, you know the iconic figure of walt disney today but you've got what you need you have everything he had to at least get started you've got what you need to at least start if you want to write a book you start by writing the book one word after another maybe it's on a scrap of paper or maybe it's in a journal maybe it's just an idea that you massage for a little while and then start a, a word document Or you want to build a business well a, a great way to start is to start surveying friends family and people in your sphere what's needed Is there a need that I can fill? Uh, We talked about this a few weeks ago. What if you want to start an investment strategy? You want a, a real estate portfolio? Well, start an investment account, even if it's 100 bucks. Doesn't matter, that's starting. It's in the process of becoming that you grow and you start to realize, oh, okay, I'm on the road. I do have what I need to get started. And next thing you know, exponentially, it just grows and develops as you grow and
2: develop along the way. You mentioned a minute ago and I and I want to bring this up not to try and bring not to bring people down but because I've seen several comments on Facebook over the last couple of days. Uh, obviously the Ukrainian Russian thing is really weighing heavy on people's mind. Putin has not tried to put people's minds at ease with the threat of nuclear weapons and everything else and you mentioned earlier something about, you know, getting nuked. And um I mean it was it was kind of joking in passing but it is on people's minds. I mean people are like how close do you think we are i mean how close to the brink are we i mean are we cuban missile crisis are we eleven fifty nine on the clock where are we at and so how do how do you know how should people deal with that in your mind i mean how is i mean first of all is chris story worried about that second of all how do we how do we how do we deal with that kind of uh imminent crisis that it really is beyond our control but could affect us in obviously major ways
3: I, I think the way I deal with it, specifically, I'll just answer that question. The way I deal with the stress and the trauma of the world is to be as informed as possible and understand my role in the world today and what I, who do I have allegiance to and who do I owe a duty to. And it's to uh, my family first and foremost, and then secondly, it's to to the organization and company that I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to be a part of and. Uh, the listeners that I get to speak to every Tuesday and Thursday on my show. For example, I have the power to reach out to Senator Sullivan's office. He He's going to be on my show today at 1 o'clock, so I have a variety of questions that my listeners have asked me to filter through to the senator, so I'll be talking with him. But I am under no impression or illusion that I'll be able to influence the outcome of the war in Russia any or Ukraine, any war that I am uh, able to stop the Chinese progression as they grow with the largest standing army in the world, and they grow more and more powerful and uh, controlling. But what I can do is just look back and say, hmm, are we better off than when we had president trump are we better off than we were two years ago year and a half ago right you could ask that question from a worldwide perspective your own economy look at next time you fill up the pump think about that think about what um what president biden means to this country and then just say you know what i'm gonna have the influence i can where i can with who i can i'm not going to watch cnn well ever (laughs) Uh, i'm not going to watch any of these news cycles 24 7 i'm gonna dip in get the education, I'm going to go to to World News Daily, I'm going to go to Daily Wire, I'm going to go to a handful of websites, I'm going to watch a few different shows, listen to a few different radio programs, in and out, and then I'm going to go make up my own mind as to what I think is happening. We have mutual destruction between America and Russia. We do not really think, I don't think for even a second, we're going to enter a hot nuclear war. Not not even for a second does it enter my mind that we're going to either one, is going to press the red button. I don't think that's going to happen. That doesn't preclude us, though, from being completely distracted right now from China, which is the real threat. And number two, wait a minute, what happened to COVID? What, uh, how close are we to the next release from the gain of function experiments at Dr. Fauci and the, the NIH, NAID, all these groups are organizing and funding the Bill Gates, Melinda Gates Foundation? Where are they putting their next 125? We cannot lose focus on all these things as we think about what happened to the... Re- How did we withdraw from Afghanistan again? Right. $85 billion in technology left in the hands of, of known terrorists. But we move on so quickly. The news cycle is so fast. Um, I think it would be just all-consuming and truly drive any sane person insane if we spent too much time focused on it and not focused on what we're talking about right here. Starting your book, starting your business, your investment, your economy, controlling your life. What's in your life is going to be dependent upon what you focus on and what you think about. Or you could be totally programmed all you want by Fox News, CNN, uh, MSNBC, CNBC, all of them. You can let them control your your life and your mind, or you could take charge of it. But the truth of it is, am I worried about nuclear uh, warfare happening today? No, I am not.
2: It reminds me of the old proverb that uh, it sits close to my heart a lot of times, and it, 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 I think about it. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And what I think about in that is is that there are things that I can change and things that I can't. The things that I can't change is hope that it's deferred, right? I can't really fix it. And so it. this is where I think a lot of people are—you're seeing that outward expression of frustration and anger— is because there are all these things and they can't do anything. Their hands are tied. They really can't make a difference. But where they can make a difference, they seem to forget, is, as you talked about earlier, in their life, on their book, on their investment yeah. portfolio, on their piece of art, on their you know hobby, on their family, whatever it is that they're focusing on, their goals, they can work on those things. And that's the thing that we, we need to continue to think about instead of, worrying about all these things that we cannot control?
3: Dr. Fauci was really, really hopeful in 2017 and 2018 that trials of remdesivir would be shown uh, efficacious against Ebola and or any other sort of corona-like virus. And um, what is he working on right now? Uh, What is going on right now with those that wish to uh, when a single booger can bring down the world, as we saw it in 2020, wait a minute, okay, so we need to be as awake and aware as possible today and right now as to what's happening, but not so consumed by the made-for-order next crises or made-for-order uh, next 24-hour news cycle. I'm not suggesting that what's happening in Ukraine is not real and not serious, but at the same time, we've moved so quickly, just those few things that I said, the withdrawal from Afghanistan the entire reaction to COVID-19 and or what is really going on with gain of function research and how, how close are we to the next, maybe even worse pandemic? Bill Gates has sorry suggested that it's coming. I think we ought to listen to him. I think we ought to really think about these things, but not allow them to paralyze us from moving forward in our own life. Because right. I can guarantee you fortunes were made all during the 2020, 2021, and so far this year, all Fortunes were absolutely made. Books were written. Art was produced through World War II, through the Vietnam War, through every single crisis. During the entire time Pol Pot was killing millions of people in Cambodia, fortunes were made all around him in Southeast Asia and in America. So we can't lose sight of the fact that, and I'm not just talking about money here, but I'm talking about your destiny, your goals, things your still happen, focus on right. your life and health.
2: Yep, mm-hmm. things still happen. I mean, companies' fortunes were lost during the Great Depression, but at the same time, fortunes were made. There's always an opportunity if you know where to look and if you know where to find it and if you focus on the things that you can affect and can change. Final thoughts here, Chris Story, author of the book, The Backyard Millionaire. Available now at Amazon, if you'd like to go get a copy of it, or Audible, written uh, read by yours truly. Uh, f- final thoughts for us this morning, Chris. Give us your your final elevator pitch on how to fix our lives.
3: I, I think just go back to Byron Katie's definition of insanity: believing you do not have what you need, and I think you need what you've got, and you have what you need to get started. And the question is. What do you really want? Take a few minutes to think about that. Take a take a day or two, and then start towards that. If you're not already on the path, and if you are on the the path, then I just wish you all the best. And I say, stay the course because you've got greatness within you.
2: All right, Chris Story, I I've got to fix this little header here because it's not the right one anymore. I love HomerAlaska dot com, right? Yes, sir. That's where you do everything. I mean, that's real estate, that's pottery, that's positivity, that's everything on that website.
3: Yes, you got it. That's a one-stop shop for all things possible and prosperous.
2: All right. Well, Chris Story, the man from Homer, thank you for coming on board, my friend. As always, I appreciate your witticism and your wealth of knowledge. And uh, I, again, would never threaten to kill you because you're so positive in the morning. I would just do that on GP. (laughs) I don't need a reason, you know, I don't need a reason. Thank you, my friend. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Appreciate you coming on board. All right, folks, we are coming up on the final break and then we're going to open up the phone lines this morning looks like everything's back to normal i i don't know i don't know what the i have no explanation again things i can control and things i can't control (laughs) all right uh phone number to call if you would like to be part of it 907-433-3150 907-433-3150 the Pivotel call-in line, powered by our friends at Pivotel at Satellite West. We will return with more in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show.
1: What
0: is that?
1: Common Sense. Regularly heard on American radio. Like Michael Duke Show. Radio.
2: Oh, okay. Well, good morning, Facebook. Good morning, YouTube. Thanks for coming back on. There should be a rush on bivvy sticks. I agree with that. There should be a rush on bivvy sticks. I mean, uh, the Iridium satellite network is up in, uh, you know, up in, uh, in orbit. So you still could, can you still could, uh, uh send messages back and forth and do some other things i mean that's some important stuff there no matter what's going on down here what else uh somebody asked if it was my if i was wearing all black or if this is a disembodied floating head and i said disembodied floating head that's what it is rest of my body still sleeping somewhere um Love me some Lee, says DeShana. Um, let's see. Uh, love to see. Love to hear Lee thought he left his can't. Uh, people talking about The Walking Dead. You know, I haven't watched The Walking Dead since Carl got bit. I hope you guys didn't just get spoiled. Since Carl got bit. I haven't watched it since then. Um, And because it was the season break and I never, I just never, you know how it is. Sometimes you wander away from a show and you're like, meh. Um, I haven't watched it since then. Apparently things have got real weird since then. And now, now they're doing a spinoff, another spinoff. They did fear the walking dead and now they're going to do another spinoff with Maggie and Negan and I don't know. Yeah. I, Carl should get back in the house, Carl. That should, that's, you know, get back in the house, Carl. Um, if he just listened, that's what would have happened. That's what would have happened right there. Um, uh, it's, uh, but anyway, yeah, no, I mean, I, I really, I enjoy that show, uh, for many reasons. And there are several reasons why I despise the show. Well, only because of the stupidity of the people that are on screen. Sometimes I'm screaming at them. Why are you doing that? Why? It's the end of the world as we know it. And you're acting like you could go down to the convenience store to buy a quart of milk. Why are you doing that? So, I mean, but I, I mean, I guess that's people, right? Some people, they forget, they forget the scenarios that that surround them. They forget the reality of what's going on around them. Um, but, uh, I mean, I've, I've screamed several times at my, so I've been, I was, in fact, I stopped watching fear. I stopped watching the walking dead and I started watching fear, the walking dead and, uh, that actually had some that was an interesting take because it's a take from inside of a city when things were going on. Because in the Walking Dead, you know, they basically skip over the whole beginning of the pan, of the of the zombie apocalypse, right? I mean, Rick gets in an accident, he wakes up in the hospital after it's all happened. And the fear of the Walking Dead goes through what it was like on the ground in the days surrounding that. And I found that to be eminently more interesting in a lot of ways. But even that show, sometimes I'm just like, you guys are killing me. Absolutely killing me. The mistakes that are made um, in that, uh, I don't know, it was probably five or six episodes in. I, I, at one point, I quit watching it for like a week because I was so pissed about, you know, <clears throat> the teenage girl having to talk to somebody on the radio who then came and stole their boat and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was just. It was an A. Z Nation is good for laughs. Z Nation is kind of a more funny take on that. I have seen a few episodes of that, but um, I prefer the grim, grim griminess of The Walking Dead. I'll be honest. But like I said, I haven't, uh, apparently I don't enjoy it enough to uh, pick it up after after that uh, whole thing with me. Ne- because, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I would have had a whole different, I would have had a whole different reaction to the whole uh, Negan and his crew. I would have had a whole different reaction. Personally, um, uh, and black summer is it's fear the walking dead. Oh, black summer is the other take on the Z nation. All right. I haven't, I've watched a couple of those, but I have not, uh, I have not, uh, I've watched a couple of episodes of Z nation, but I never really got into it. Cause it just, I, I think it wasn't serious enough for me, but personally, you know, I guess, I guess I want my I guess I want my apocalypses to be serious and stoic and gritty. <laughs> Putin is the walking dead, says David. Well, I don't know. You hear all kinds of weird rumors. Cancer, he's crazy, he's got something else going on. Who knows? Let's just hope he's crazy like a fox and not just freaking crazy, right? Because he does have his fingers on a bunch of nuclear weapons. Not that I would notice anything since I live within sight of the largest Air Force base in Alaska. I mean, I literally can look out my bedroom window and see it across the, uh, across the Cook Inlet. Um, I don't think I would have much time to blink at that point. <clears throat> anyway, uh, let's, um, let's continue ahead. I don't know what we're going to talk about in the next segment. Uh, all my technical difficulties this morning have kind of robbed me of my momentum and my steam. So whatever you guys want to talk about, let's uh let's chat about it. Four three three thirty one fifty, the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Share the show, like this video, let's do it. Well, okay. What did we end up talking about during the break? Well, we all talked about, um, I guess, our favorite... uh, We're talking about The Walking Dead. We're talking about our favorite zombie shows. Is that it? I mean, I haven't watched watched a ton of TV in a long time, but uh, I will say that... uh, I will say that uh, um, The Walking Dead, I I haven't watched it since one of the more important characters. I guess I won't spoil it for you, for those of you who haven't watched it yet. Um, One of the more important characters got bit. He should have just stayed in the house. That's all I'm saying. He should have just stayed in the house. But I haven't really watched it since then. But, uh, you know, we just... It's weird, isn't it, that here we are during the pandemic and we're all worried about the, you know, the pandemic apocalypse and yet we're still watching, you know, Walking Dead and all this other kind of stuff. <laughs> what does that say about us as human beings? Right? I mean, what is that? What is that? What does that say about us as human beings that we're in the middle of a pandemic that everybody says is going to kill us all and yet at the same time we're like, "Ooh, the new episode of The Walking Dead is out. Maybe I should watch that." Uh, even my wife was like, there was at one point we were going to watch a new release that had something to do with a, uh, it wasn't COVID, but it was it something to do with some kind of plague or something. And she's like, I don't think I can watch that right now. I'm like, I I understand that. I understand that. I don't, I don't think I, I'm down with that as well. But uh, there's just something about, a, you know, there's just something about a real gritty apocalyptic movie. Sometimes it just makes me go, hmm, hmm. Or series, right? Apocalyptic movie or series. Um, I used to get—I used to get a bit of a kick out of a lot of those. Um, you know, it was revolution, or Jeremiah, or you know, Walking Dead, or uh, I mean, a handful of other ones that were just kind of uh, uh, Jericho. That was another one. Jericho, a couple of television shows, but of course they always do stupid stuff because it's the writers that are in there saying we got to make this dramatic, so we'll just write these stupid things in that. Probably nobody in their right mind would ever really do. <laughs> and that eventually makes me go, yeah, I'm done with this. Because that's just so stupid. Who in their right mind would do what this character just did? But I guess that's the beauty of fiction. You can walk away from it at any time as of real life. Is, uh has a tendency to be a little scarier sometimes. But let me leave you with some hope right now. I mean, hope about, you know, the whole Ukrainian-Russian thing. Hope about the uh hope about the Alaska state legislature and the fight that we continue to battle out and we continue to fight about day after day and week after week. but let me just can I just leave you with a bit of a, a little bit of hope this is this is I cling to this. I cling to this sometimes because there yes, there are even times and I your humble radio host, get a little overwhelmed and frustrated and uh you know I, I get a little twitchy over things sometimes. But I always come back to this. I read the book. I know we win in the end. And that's enough. Right? I mean, I I read the book. I know we win. I know that it gets nasty before we win. I know that there are weeping and wailings and lamentations of the flesh and everything. But at the end, I know we win. I, I just, I know. And that's enough for me. Maybe, it, maybe it's enough for you. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that gives you comfort and solace. That's what I fall back on. Hey, I read it. Look, turns out okay. So, enough said. 433-3150. Phone lines open. Uh, phone calls right now. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
1: Hey, good morning. It's Robert from Anchorage.
2: Hello, Robert. What's on your mind, my friend?
1: So, um, good morning, Mike. Hey, um, I'm hearing the news that Biden's going to cut the uh, oil supply from Russia, which I think is going to be uh, very hard for people because the price is going to it's going to make the prices go way, way up compared to what they are now, Mike. It's uh, it's just it's it's just like uh. You know, people are going to people are really going to be hurting, uh, I think, because where where are we going to get the oil from? Because Biden's not going to turn on our oil spigots. I'm pretty sure of that. And we're probably, if if anything, he's going to buy more expensive oil from somewhere else. What do you think?
2: He could. I mean, the possibility is buying oil from other sources, but I mean, eventually he's going to have to bow to pressure. I mean, even people like Elon Musk, who are very committed to renewable energy, obviously, even he has said that we need to turn the taps back on. Even he has said we need to, that Europe should reactivate their nuclear reactors and everything like that, because there comes a time when you can't bridge the gap fast enough. You've got to do that. And so I think Biden will have to backstep on some of his shutdown of Alaskan oil uh, just for energy independence. I mean, for the for the briefest period of times here in the last 10 years, we were an energy independent nation for the first time in forever. And and he's reversed all that. I think eventually somebody's going to have to say to him, you can't kowtow all the, you know, the greenie weenies and the tree huggers. You're going to have to do what you need to do for national security measures. Uh, we may buy more expensive oil from somebody else in the short period, but eventually we're going to have to fix it for ourselves.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, and that would be the normal thing to do is to go back and op- open uh, the American oil production. But uh, I don't think him and his people want to do that, Mike. I think I think they're okay with uh, letting the price go high. I, and a lot of people are say, saying that uh, maybe some of these people have oil stocks and they don't care how high it goes. But what 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 good is that money when the whole country crashes and money's useless?
2: Well, I mean, if that's the case, then we got much bigger problems at that point, right? If money's useless, I mean, th- there was some speculation. I was reading some of the some of the monetary people yesterday. I was reading an article about how by pushing Russia into a box, you're forcing them now to trade with China and India on their own currency instead of the world instead of the reserve currency of the u s. dollar. So maybe we're pushing them out of the dollar becoming the world reserve currency. Maybe that could cause and lead to something more disastrous for the United States. I mean, there's all different kinds of things that could happen here. I don't have a crystal ball. I can only make my and, best guess on it, you know. But but we've we, we, you know, we, we got to have hope that things are going to eventually work out.
1: Yeah, and, that, and what scares the heck out of me, Mike, is people saying that uh, uh, Putin needs to be taken out. You know, th- that country has nukes. And, and their friend China has nukes. So, you know, instead of trying to be diplomatic and do something like that, first thing out of people's mouths and uh, people that I thought were reasonable are saying, oh, someone has to take Putin out. Uh, you know, you can do that with people in the Middle East with no nukes, but you can't do that to Russia or China or the United States because we'll do the same thing. We'll we'll retaliate if someone hits Biden, you know?
2: Right, right. Well, and and I agree with that. I'm surprised at the number of people who say, well, we just need to send planes in there and... And enforce it no fly zone. I mean, you realize that if that happens, we will be directly engaging Russian airplanes at some point, and that's a war. And do you really want to? I mean, maybe it's the whole world against Russia, but as you pointed out, Russia has uh, nuclear weapons, and apparently they're not afraid to threaten us with them. So, I mean, who knows at this point? But you, you, you know, you're 100 percent right, uh, Robert. Thank you for your call. I appreciate yeah, that's you calling. Yeah, three. Yep. Thank you for calling in today. We're out of time. Tomorrow. We've got uh, Kathleen, um, I'm sorry. Tomorrow, we've got Assembly uh, candidate, Kathleen Hansen, is going to be joining us. And also, we're going to talk a little bit about the Constitutional Convention. That's all coming up tomorrow on the program, the Michael Duke Show. Oh, no. Yeah, no, yeah. Tomorrow's Mike Shower and the Constitutional Convention. Be kind, love one another, live well. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow. Well, we can only keep our fingers crossed that the world uh, doesn't explode and that my computer doesn't explode, <laughs> that my computer stays the course and we can continue to broadcast on the air. Anyway, appreciate you guys. Thank you for coming in and joining us. As always, it's good to hear from you. Kathleen's going to be on Thursday. Now that I've said that, let me make sure that I actually uh, said that right. We're gonna try and have uh, Edie Grunwald on as well. Uh, here we go. Come on. Click, click the button. Take your sweet time. There we go. Um, all right, Thursday, seven o five a.m. Kathy Hensley gonna be joining us. Thursday, seven o five tomorrow. Mike Shower and folks to talk about the Constitutional Convention. That's coming up tomorrow. Thanks for coming in, folks. We will see you... manyana. Have a great day, my friends.